Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab podcast. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. Those of you joining us for the first time here in the EML, thank you so much for joining us. Please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, give us a giant five-star review. Let everybody know how amazing our conversations are. We do this for you and we could use your help. If you're returning and you haven't done that already, what are you waiting for? Give us the review. Give us the love. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us again here in the lab. And tell a friend, make sure you're talking about us out in public because it makes you sound cool to know. If people know that you listen to the EML podcast, your cool points go up quite a bit. I didn't know that. It's it's hard for you to, to go any higher than you are with your oh, cool points. Isn't that so nice of you? You thought I was going the other way. What is what is he about to ask me? There is something, there's an ask coming up at some point here. I am sure of it. Well, he never compliments me. I got to keep you on your toes. Are you sick, Doc? Not that I'm aware of. Are you I sure? Mean, like, not be, nothing more than usual. <laughs> Just your general malaise at all times. Is that it? Pretty much. That's a big no. word for you. Hey, now. Are you, so you, you gave me a little and you're just taking it right back. Okay. Well, you kept going. Like you had an opportunity to, to stop while you were ahead, but you, I, I you, chose, have just you chose to the, poke the bear. The recording. Just, I should have just stopped it right there. That's the end of our podcast, folks. Have a great day. I'm going to go have a celebratory drink. Doc gave me a compliment. We're good. That's you got to do the Costanza. Our life Seinfeld? is validated. Which, which, which Costanza? George Costanza. Do, do you have that Seinfeld reference? No, I don't. I That's you why don't I have a lot of the, the shows. He would... One of his new techniques when he was in a business meeting is if he landed on a high, he would run out of the room because <laughs> he, he would do what you just did, right? He would do a good joke. Everybody would laugh and then he would try to follow it up and like crash. So he I don't know that I crash. I don't, I, was this when he was working with the Yankees and he would just sleep under his desk and uh, pretend to be working? Is that it? I forget. I think it might have been the, uh, the the rubber ball company. I forget which one it was, but. Um, this, this wasn't Van Vandalay Industries. This might have been Vandalay. It wasn't Vandalay. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the Human Fund. We have a but lot he of did listeners. run out of the room and when he get on a high, and he'd be like, "That's it, folks. I'm out of here," and go. And uh, it was great. We we have a lot of listeners that are like, "What is Seinfeld? What are they talking about?" They've probably never seen it. And yeah. if that's the case, hopefully check it out. Seinfeld's a good classic. I'm not I'm not that old yet. It's not that classic yet either, is it? I think I think for sure it is. Uh, it it's up there. Speaking, that was a long time ago. Speaking of classics or classy. Speaking of segue. classy. Well, thank you. You you know what? He's just paving the road for me. I am super excited today. For those of you listening in or watching, we have a really special guest joining us, uh, Guillaume Viat, and Guillaume is principal and founder of MetaHelm, which focuses on strategic narratives 
for established businesses. And I know for a fact, Guillaume works with some fantastic CEOs and heads and founders of companies. So Guillaume, thank you so much for joining us here in the lab. Hello guys. How are you doing today? <laughs> so great. Fantastic. It's great. It feels like being in a lab. Yeah. Is that because the doc's background? Oh. Half, half, half our viewers are listening and can't even see it, but it's there. And it's it is. So don't explain it to them. Tell them that they have to go onto YouTube and look for us <laughs> if they want to know what you're talking about. That's called building suspense. <gasps> <Pretty interesting. laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Why do us a favor, uh, because we've we've obviously chatted with you ahead of time. So so we've had a chance to learn a little bit more about you. But for most of our listeners and viewers, uh, you're brand new and super exciting. Tell them all about yourself. I am a French guy in Seattle. I've been here for 13 years now and I immigrated here because uh, my my wife brought me here. But I've been uh you know, work wise, I've been doing uh I've been trying to do what I do, fix the problem that I fix for over 20 to 22 years now. And that uh, company called MetaHelm, I founded now in uh, 2000, early 2017. It's my third, uh, third venture. I co-founded a couple of startups around the dot-com boom in the early 2000s. And uh, I specialize in helping uh, CEOs founders, business leaders uh, create what I call a strategic narrative. And what the strategic narrative will do for your company is that it's going to help align people inside and outside the company. It's going to help you accelerate uh, the adoption of your uh, of innovation. Say you have a new product, a new, uh, new category you want to enter into. And at a still to stay at a high level it just makes people want to back your company you know be behind it and join it and work with it and so you know if i want to make it even shorter it's about creating believers in the business that you that you have and i do this work because early on in my career i could see how damaging it could be not to have such a such a narrative for your company i was uh it was in my mid twenties when I started to hit the you know the, the 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 work the workplace, and very quickly this is something that I was very sensitive to maybe more than other folks, and I could see uh, very rapidly all the opportunities we were missing, but also all the damage that this was doing at a human level. Uh, you know when you have to show up to a workplace where it's uh, I'm sorry but it's uninspiring, it's boring and. You don't know where the ship is headed, but you don't really have a choice but stay in this company. Uh, it can create a lot of damage, you know, for for uh, for for many people. So, so I was very very sensitive to this. I come from a background of entrepreneurs. Um, I was able to trace the the they they probably wouldn't call themselves entrepreneurs because that's it's a, maybe a newer concept. But I was able to trace some of my ancestors started companies at the end of the 19th century. In the north part, wow. north part of France, uh, looking at you know family archives, like oh, we were making things for the garment industry that at that time. So, I, I come from a from a long you know range of, of people who started companies, who were running companies, who had teams, who were trying to innovate. Um, so I guess it was always in my uh, you know as, as as a kid, I was three four year old. I was with my little tricycle. Um, racing around you know the machines and and people uh, creating stuff in those companies so i was always exposed to that so i'm very sensitive to the human aspect of companies 
Uh, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've always fought to do what I do. Uh, it's something that is rare. It's something that not, not everybody is interested in. Uh, because what I what my mission is to really turn uh, as many organizations into a source of inspiration that few can resist. That's really my call, uh, my uh, my cause here. And as as we as we entered, you know the the you know we're we're getting a little further into the into this century. I see how crucial this is becoming. Yeah, right. Our, our world is becoming more complex, more volatile, more uh, more unpredictable. And the role that businesses have to play is is shifting as well. I don't think of businesses just as uh, economic unit, just spinning money. I see them as places for people to gather, to socialize, to find meaning, and to solve uh, bigger and bigger problems. You know, I'm I'm just to be uh, transparent here. I'm talking about uh, climate problems, social problems, uh, safety, security problems, uh, and so. Businesses have a have a shifting role. They're, they're I, I believe that they're supplementing or now taking over the role of uh, governments and institutions such as churches and so on. Or they're 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 working more and more hand in hand. And so that's why I think that this work is so crucial, so so important. And back to the initial question, <laughs> you know, this is what I help business leaders do: is really feel and build companies with that sense of purpose. And it's not just a philosophy, it's just a fluff. It's like it turns into real solid results too. And so if you can combine both, then I think that uh, makes for a better world. I'm digesting everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's this deal here with the, with the lab equipment. <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, I feel like I'm almost talking to entrepreneur royalty here. You've got like a lineage of, of entrepreneurship yeah. going all the way back to the 1800s. That, that's phenomenal. I can trace my, my lineage to, to Connecticut. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, last thing I heard was Frenchman in Seattle and I kept thinking, okay, some good French food and you're going to send me some donuts. Cause those are the two things that I know from Seattle. <laughs> Yeah, voodoo donuts, right? Uh, Actually, that could be like a great title for a uh, rom-com or something. You better watch out, Guillaume. You might, you might be onto something. That, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of what you said. So, so kind of parsing through a lot of what you said. You brought up inspiration mm -hmm. uh, a couple of times and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to be careful here because for any of our listeners who who aren't watching. We, we, we've got our guest here behind like maybe a thousand or he, you know, there's maybe a thousand books behind him, but it kind of, it kind of draws me back to one of my favorite books over the last few years that I've read, which is, um, Simon Sinek, uh, was uh, find your why, right. Uh, you know, it's all about the why and the impact and the, the greater mission. So it seems like, and I'm sure you've read the book. I, I just have yes. to imagine that's probably, there's a copy of it somewhere behind you. Uh, uh, everything that you're talking about is really framed around this bigger why it, it's much more about the impact and the and the business is a part of that impact is that is that fair for me to say i mean am, yeah. am i on target here with that yeah i think you're 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 uh you're spot on you're, you're spot on jb this is of course i i read this book of, of course i saw the the tedx uh the, or the ted talk uh and if i if i may i think i, I think simon sinek he's not the first who talked about this topic but he was he did a masterful job at making it understandable packaging and he's a right a genius marketing he's, right? i mean he marketed it really well exactly so yeah. i so i think he he served everyone really really you know nicely it was i'm so glad he did this so what i you you can put put me in a category you know 
within the same category or, or adjacent to, to Simon Sinek's philosophy. It's not just that. I, I pull from many other, other other things here, and then I have my own thinking, my own, my own approach to. Um, what, what I wanted to add is that it's striking to see so many brilliant business people come up with solutions that are so creative, so massively helpful, and not being able to explain why they wanted to do this. Right? It's I mean I I live it. You know I was able to tell you in just one sentence why I exist. Uh, you know my mission is to turn an organization into places that are inspiring. But how many years did that take me to come up with that? It's very very difficult. It's very difficult. Yes. Because you know for one brain or maybe a, a, a small number of of founders brain to be able to you know run the company grow it and at the same time keep you know a step back at the at the large picture of you know what's the what's the reason we even do this company is a is a very difficult exercise uh so if you feel like you're stuck there if you feel like it's it's tough you're not the only one there are thousands and thousands of people i think some some entrepreneurs maybe have more talent in doing it or they know that they can do that themselves so they they ask for help from others uh in terms of thinking strategy communications marketing and, and so on but I think the good news is that these days, I think it's a it's a recognized, it's a it's it's something that is recognized. I think the debate is is not about what's purpose. Should we take the time to articulate our purpose? I think that train has left the station. I think the debate is more: what do we do with it? How do we really walk our talk? How do we make it mm -hmm. action actionable? How we how we operationalize it? How do we help? How do we use it to make better decisions? Better uh, I don't know, uh, hiring decisions, design, uh, product design decisions and things like that. It's, it's, it's more where the, where things are shifting. So I'd like to, uh, yeah, to kind of, uh, brings people attention to that. It's like, if, if you have never heard about this, this topic and never read this book, read it quickly. <laughs> right. So like, that. it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those, one of those topics that I think the doc and I can really appreciate because we spent so long ourselves on, on really ironing that out and, and right doc. I mean, you know, 18 months kind of refining that over and over and over again to finally get it to where we felt comfortable mm -hmm. with, with, with our messaging and how we were talking about that. So 18 months, we only got 20 years left to figure it out. We're, <laughs> we're, on, the, we're, on, we're on a roll. We're, we're, we're on target and the actionable side of it, you know, so I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm a I'm a doer. Uh, you know, I think we have the the thinker uh, in the partnership, which is the doc, and I tend to be more the doer. That's not to say I don't think, doc. Don't don't get any ideas out there. I, I saw you <laughs> start to talk. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for us, the the action. You know, that how do we? To your point, the trains left the station. We, we we've all kind of bought into this, but how do we implement and how do we guide ourselves with mm -hmm. it? And to, to me, that comes down to the the value system and having a really clearly defined value system is kind of how you can take that alignment of, Hey, here's my mission. Here's my goal. And here's how I'm going to walk the talk. And it's through that value system and it's holding and adhering to that value system. Easier said than done. Yep. So one of the things that I, in my approach, one of the things I like to uh, explain or, or help my, the people I work with is that, the mission is, you know, when we hear the term, the term why and, and mission, there is this underlying message that assumes that it's about you, right? Your company, it's very uh, self-centered. It's, it's 
it's kind of I'm, I'm generalizing on purpose here a little bit so just bear with me but um i was part of exercises you know in the early 2000s in all sorts of companies where we would come in bring a one was flip charts and say, okay, what's your why? What's your mission? What's your and we dr draw a bunch of words, right? And at this at the end of the session, just making it simple, it was kind of what the what the sexiest words would be uh, that we would just circle and say, there you go, we have our mission statement. That's kind of the traditional, very antiquated way to do it that doesn't work. So don't do that. <laughs> I did it. We failed. <laughs> Take everything you heard and throw it out right the window. window. Okay, good. So. So the, the thing is to, re, to think about your company as a stakeholder within the community and say, what is the mission that I want my clients, my um, investors, my partners, uh, you know, my other uh, co-entrepreneurs, whoever you think is around you and say, hey, guys, let's get together. And what, what is the mission that we want to try to accomplish here? So you don't, you shouldn't think about, I mean, it's, it's typical leadership kind of narrative to think, I am the boss, so I'm in resp I'm responsible for figuring out this uh, why or this mission thing. No, that doesn't work like that. So bring others into the conversation. And so when we, when I work with, uh, you know, if, I have a, you know, companies here uh, in Seattle, we're doing this exercise. With, it's an IT company. It's a, it's a mid-sized company to do a network for security, you know, cybersecurity. And so we've been we've been talking. Uh, I've been interviewing and talking to many many other clients because the the language that we're after will probably not come from us inside the jar, but you know outside because our our customers. I say ours because I I feel like I'm part of their team too. You know they're better off. They're better positioned to tell us. You know what is the impact that we are bringing to the uh, to the rest of the community here. So. So, so, so it's so act, activating thinking of your why. So, since we we uh, were spending a little time on this topic here, should be really thought about, you know, from the get go. Not it's not an afterthought. Like after we've got those big buzzwords, what do we do with them? <laughs> it's too late. So, one of the uh, one of the things I appreciate most about what what you said there is taking this this the the central I kind of out of the picture a little bit. It's not, a, it's not about me mm -hmm. when, when, when I'm a business, it's about who I'm serving. It's a, it's about the community that I'm serving mm -hmm. and the people that I'm serving, uh, which is, you know, I think it's, it's easy to say it and it's much harder to appreciate because even when you chat with people, a lot of times it becomes very center focused mm -hmm. and, and it really starts from here and then works its way out when, when really probably the, the best methodology from what I'm hearing from you, if you're building out a strategic narrative, it's it's from the outside coming in, right? It, it's about the people out here that we're serving and helping. They're the heroes of the story. It's not us, mm -hmm. right? We're we're just we're just kind of facilitating them in their journey or what they're trying to accomplish. So let me elaborate a little bit on that, JB. Please. I think yeah. I think so. The way I see this, I've seen this work because I. So the you will hear me say sometimes that. Um, Stories engage, but narratives mobilize. So one of the signature, uh, you know, th aspect of my approach is that I make a difference between stories and narratives. And I think that uh, when we say what what's our story, you know, we we assume that there is only one story around uh, a business, and I think it's I think it's false. I think there are many stories. I think we should just uh, all acknowledge that it's stories with an S. And let me explain to you why. Um, 
uh, you know, a, a business is a, is kind of a, it's a material entity. You know, you can see a building, it's a machine product, but sometimes it's very immaterial, right? It's, so it's an idea. It's an imaginary um, myth almost, uh, right? Something we, 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 we desire to be great, to grow. We see it most of the time in the future. We think about it in the past. And so the way I've split this, uh, you know, kind of, all tangled groups of stories is by slicing into two four quadrants. I just I took like two axes, four quadrants. And I think there are four major ways you could express why your business matters to your clients and to your team. So actually I just named two of them. So there there is the, you know, there is the work of making this uh, purpose and this why exercise coming out of you. Like, why did you start this company? What was the emotional trigger? What was the thing that just hurt you or excited you? or uh, frustrated you in the first place that made it such that you're really about starting this business. You put all your heart, passion, money into it. So that's really the, that's the first aspect of that quadrant is the individual and uh, personal uh, source of inspiration. And so you'll often hear you know, people say, hey, that, that company, that CEO, that founder is really inspirational because what they do is that they very strategically and smartly know how to weave in their personal background into why this company exists. And you will see that uh, with very small companies, one, one, one person company or small startups all the way to the biggest brand on the planet, like Tesla, Elon Musk, you know, listen to Elon Musk talks and he does that all the time. He refers to his personal background and what really triggered, you know, the foundation of, uh, I mean, he joined Tesla. But why, why he wanted to grow, grow just last summer? Why does this matter to him? So that's the first aspect. Number two, so that's one story you can tell. And one set of stories, because you could tell many stories about why this, why this matters. And on top of that, if you ask your other colleagues, they will tell you maybe slightly different stories. The problem is when everybody is not on the, when no one is on the same wavelength, you will hear like cacophony or like dissonance about why this matters to people personally. Like, I don't know, this, this doesn't sound like a group to me. So that's where you have a problem. When people start making connection, that's when it's better. The second aspect of, uh, of this you know, way to, to view the world is, I mentioned it earlier, is your community. So we started there in our conversation. So you know, what are we, hey guys, what are, what are we creating here for the, for the world? <laughs> so it's all about the impact. It's all about what I call the great opportunity. You will, you will hear people talk about cause. And in that part of the equation, those, that story should be really about why your company matters, but also why, company, why it matters now. So if you pay attention to how I introduced my company, I told you why it matters now, because I feel like MetaHelm is more and more important in a world where companies have a shifting role. CEOs need to be able to have a narrative. So, so if you're listening to this and you've, you've not figured why your company matters now, maybe, maybe it really does matter now, but you haven't you know, uh, put the, put, connected the dots together. So that's something you might want to think about. The third aspect of it out of the four is, why does this matter to your team? You know, a team will exist. I, I feel like a team really re reveals its greatness, you know, when, uh, where, where they face adversity. So what are, the, what are the pillars? What are the values? Maybe you have a, you have a set of uh, rules or guidelines or things you, you just, you know, you're, you just swore you would do or never do. 
um, are these clear when you're on board, when you hire people? Are they excited about those rules? Maybe that's your culture. There's something there to explore. So that's another set of stories that you can tell. And then finally, um, you named it earlier, JB, it's the, it's the customer. Like, okay, we, we exist to serve customers. That's, that's, that's the, one of the basic, most basic definitions of, the, of a company. Like, so what, what do we do for them? Like very, they they want our product. What is our product? What does our what does our product do? And why and how should they get our product? So, see, I'm I'm seeing this is how I define a narrative. A narrative is a system of stories that you intentionally organize and activate to create a company, uh, like a like a living entity, like a movement, an inspirational movement. So that's 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 the difference, and that's why, you know, I think when we uh, uh, we, we talk about business storytelling, we, we're, we're missing. Uh, so that, that doesn't, to me, this is business storytelling 1.0. That's kind of the era from the late 90s to about re more recently. And so if, you, if you're just thinking of, yeah, let's, let's talk about, let's, let's take our story and let's uh, give that to marketing and they'll come up with a nice story to tell you're just missing out so much like you're just not you you're just not leveraging all the power behind it so let's take that to another level let's be more transparent let's be more authentic and let's build a narrative that everybody can share i feel like that was a dig at my seinfeld reference from the 90s earlier <laughs> <laughs> i you know so you talk about complexity with something like this you know it's it, four different aspects to the the system that you're putting into place mm -hmm. and you're kind of pulling from all of them but it it, it really is very simple there, there's four four pieces that we're we're building a system yep. out of it. and and we're just being very intentional yep. with mm -hmm. it and and i gotta imagine this is difficult for people and companies to do though right like anytime we're dealing with something where you know it's kind of simple at its core mm -hmm it's usually more difficult is what I found, right? The simple things are typically very difficult to do and do well, yes. consistently yeah. more often than not. So in your experience, I, I mean, is this, is this a ongoing challenge where you're just like, okay, yeah, I've got a million and one companies and professionals out here that need work on this. Is it widespread? I mean, is this systemic across the board where we've got, we've got big heavy lifting that you need to do here at MetaHelm? Okay, so that's I love this question because I I see this question also again based on context and and, and dynamics. Um, it depends which entrepreneurs, which business leader we're, we're talking about. Uh, it depends what company we're talking about. Some companies do very very well. They they because they're based because people will judge them their success based on certain metrics like revenue or growth or market share, and um, they think that. Everything I talked about is useless because, like, why why bring this this concept? The company is working really, really well, and maybe it's maybe it's companies that um, are producing commodities, things that people need uh, regardless, uh, that are also not so innovative because there is no need for innovation. We're just repeating the old recipe for I don't know making bread or doing plumbing or you know uh, delivering concrete or whatever you know style of business that we need right but that don't necessarily need that level of awareness of consciousness so i want to say i respect that i respect that and for not everybody not every, not all companies need what i do and it's not for for everyone but 
for those who, who feel like, hey, you know, we want to create a different kind of company or organization where we were we want to disrupt our market and bring a new narrative to this market because we feel like we've got to change the way we do certain things. We've got to change those. So the way, say, uh, we do transportation or we uh, cook food or maybe it's we want to put out there a meatless uh, meat, <laughs> vegetable-based meat. That's, that's, that's a, a kind of product we hear a lot about these days. I think that's that's where that's where a narrative is really really important because when you introduce innovation to a market, uh, you have to keep in mind that you're introducing a change uh, to a market, and people are in general kind of resistant to change. So you have to help them understand why this matters. That's when a narrative is important. So to your your question was, is this hard? Uh, yeah, my framework is simple, but I I'm not gonna lie. Yes, it is hard. Why? because it requires a specific type of leadership and entrepreneur. And so um, I uh, I talk about it. I, I write, I publish an email every day, seven days a week. And I write about this all the, all the time because um, that's what I see all the, that's what I see, you know, constantly. And so one of my, um, one of the entrepreneurs I was, I was working with somebody from Eastern Europe this morning. So I'll, I'll, I just wrote down what she told me and I'll just read it to you. And she said, this requires a lot of mental flexibility, uh, but I'm glad uh, you're creating the uh, psychological safety so that I can have this uh, mental flexibility. Needs, it needs courage and openness and transparency. So that's where the, that's where the difficulty is. But if you, if you feel like you're, you know, you're up for it, you're ready for this, and you know, this is something you want to you wanna do, the, the return is just... You can't measure it just in financial results. It's just an impact mm -hmm. that is that goes way beyond this, but it comes with massive financial results. I can, I can prove it to you. We, it would be another podcast. But <laughs> so, did I answer your so, question, JB? I felt like I I talked a lot on this one. I, well, I, I think I think you did. So it, it's the doc probably laughed about half my questions are like multiple questions in one. <laughs> I think you did a pretty admirable job. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. I did hear you say something that was really shocking to me, and I'm, okay. I'm surprised by the statistic that people are resistant to change. They don't like to change. <laughs> I, I have never seen any of that. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's so I'm so glad I'm yeah I'm teaching you. <laughs> But and it's funny because everyone says they like change, right? It's one yeah. of those things that everybody wants change. They like the idea of change and they like the result from change. Yeah. It's just all that part in between where they actually have to make the changes is where they go, no. Have you, I don't know who says they like they like change. I'm like the most routine driven guy ever. I hate change. <laughs> it frustrates the hell out of me. I'm like, ah, no, no more change. Just get me back to what I'm used to. I saw that car. You, this car reminds me of a cartoon. So I'll try to depict it to the, the best I can. It's it's uh, There's a guy you know uh, on the stage in front of a crowd and he's like, who wants change? And so the whole crowd raises their, yeah, everybody wants change. And then uh, the next you know, picture goes, okay, who wants to lead change? And then everybody goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably missing a step, but <laughs> that's the idea. Uh, it's like, get, get back to me when it's all done and I'll be yep. happy that it changed. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He, he, he brings up a cartoon. Guillaume brings up a cartoon and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Pinky and the brain. And he, he's calling Doc the brain and me Pinky over here. But no, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it as a flattering cartoon this time yeah. around. Uh, no, you, your you, new nickname for the rest of the show now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, like I needed to give you more ammunition. All right. Uh, 
I I'm curious, Guillaume, is there is there a way for for a a CEO, a founder, you know, a business to kind of measure when they're ready or when they know that, hey, it's time for me to really be implementing uh, a strategic narrative. I, I'm entering this phase of disruption. I'm just curious if there's certain, I don't know, yep. landmarks that, that a business owner might be able to kind of identify or keep an eye out for. You know, it's kind of like the when you, it's, uh, the, 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 the analogy I'll take is like with uh, health and medical situation, medical conditions, like when you don't feel anything in your body, you don't think about changing anything because everything seems great. But as soon as you you start feeling the tensions, the symptoms, you wonder about that. Should I do something about it? So I'll just share with you the typical symptoms that I see that you know when when people enter that conversation about maybe we need a new narrative. So the first one is a differentiation. Like there, you know, the company some companies used to have like this really cool idea. They started they they're maybe at the at the top of their growth of the current cycle of growth, and they're kind of plateauing. And they're hearing some of their clients say, yeah, you guys do the same thing as your, these other guys. And that's a new thing for, for, for these type of organizations. They go, oh, now, now we're competing with new entrants in our market. Like we don't differentiate so much. It sounds like, and that's kind of natural because, you know, narratives have a certain uh, life cycle. You know, they evolve mm -hmm. over time. Uh, it's human evolution. So that's great. And so, uh, you know, your your strategic. I, I like to say this: your, your strategic narrative is a chance to disagree with your competition again. So it's it's a chance to think about okay, what what is it really that you believe, and how do you disagree with people? And that's actually great. It's it's a little scary, but it's very helpful for your 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 community, your clients, your teammates, your people you want to hire because they know why they want to work with you or not. It's very clear. We believe in this. This is our narrative. And so it gives a more contra contrasted picture to people. So that's the that's the sign number one is uh, differentiation. If you have a problem with differentiation, you might you may want to think about that. Number two is adoption. You know, we talked a little bit about change, and so when you're launching something new on the market, um, people think, "Hey, we're innovators," but they they what it, what they really mean is that they are inventors. They came up with something new, right? They forgot the adoption part. How, how are people going to adopt that thing? So I like to, to uh, define innovation as invention plus adoption. Don't forget both. Because most people go, yeah, we got it's so awesome. This, um, this uh, email marketing campaign generator is going to be fa fabulous. And, the, and they, they build the app and they you know, throw money and investment at this. And then no one wants it. So... A strategic narrative will help you frame why people should get this invention and why they should get it now. Again, to my point of why now. Right. So it creates urgency. So with a strategic narrative, what you do is that you put something new into, into context. And countless times, I see this every day, it's really hard for somebody who has been working on a new idea for so long, so close to the elephant, to really pull back and say, and here is the context why this matters. It's kind of a human thing, right? We're so used to it. For for a for a founder, it's so normal that uh, the new bike that I'm creating is the best. That I forget to say, and by the way, in today's world, here is why it matters, and here is why you should get it now, in a compelling way, right? Without sounding too uh, salesy or, or or like mm -hmm. somebody who lies. I hate that or or threaten people. 
if you don't get this product now, this is what's going to happen to you. And this is adding fear to the equation. And you don't have to do that. You know, if you, you don't have to push that hard, you just you, you could just say why in this context, this might be valuable to you. Right. So that's a, that's a, that's the second symptom. I have more if you're interested. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think that that that's fantastic. And uh, I, I find it fascinating. Anybody who's actually watching this on YouTube and not listening, you always know when I find something fascinating and, and I really appreciate what somebody's saying because I'll start jotting down a lot of notes. Okay. <laughs> and and my, my camera will start shaking and my attention's <laughs> over here to the side because I, 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 a lot of what you said really stood out to mm -hmm. me. And uh, in, in when Doc and I do our wrap up, probably bring up a few of those things. Uh, really helpful cool. i think for any of our listeners who are thinking about this to to be able to just id a couple of red flags like hey i'm at this i'm at this inflection point yeah. maybe this is something i really need to be looking at exactly exactly you know what else is really helpful giveaways for our audience like that segue i'm natural at that <laughs> yeah that, that was <laughs> so smooth clean yeah. <laughs> so I, smooth like sandpaper <laughs> <laughs> It's a fine grain. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I have, um, so I have an ebook that I just finished writing uh, this week that I'd like to, it's free, it's downloadable, it's free on my website. Um, uh, my company name is MetaHelm, but it's best to go to just type in strategicnarrative.com. You'll uh, land on my uh, homepage. Um, so for, for people who are seeing this right now, the ebook is not available that second. It will be in the next days or so because I just finished publishing it. But I'm, um, you know, this this podcast will release wait, again. Wait, wait, the, the magic of the world. <laughs> it will be live now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the time you're watching and listening to this, it is there and it is there for you to get for free. <laughs> yeah, it's there too for you to get for free. And so when you do this, uh, you are also uh, included to my daily email list my daily insights that will hopefully inspire you and uh, help you create an amazing company full circle right there that was beautiful that was really well done right back to inspiration which is what we started mm -hmm. with you know I, I i love the conversation i mean truly everything that you're talking about is you know from intentionality to you know identifying how to to create urgency without create fear mongering, right? We don't have to artificially create this stuff. It's there. Yep. We just need to bring attention to it. We need to shine a light onto it, right? It, all very illuminating. Can I can I run with that bad of a joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shine a light on it illuminating now. Okay, it's all right. That, that was a that was a polite laugh. Well we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Calm down there, Pinky. All right. All right. Uh Gia really appreciated yet coming and joining us on the show here in the lab. Thank you so much for your insight. For all of our listeners out there, uh, metahelm.com, right? Strategicnarrative.com. Mm -hmm. You can download that free ebook. Uh, you can connect with Guillaume uh, via our show notes, our YouTube notes, and or directly in the lab. He is a member of our community as well. That's right. Guillaume, thank you. Guys, thank you so much for having me. I think your your podcast is uh, is amazing. It's it's awesome. Uh, I listened to several episodes before joining, and I was just thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you. And we will be uh, making note to our VA to make sure that she takes that piece out, and we run that on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have a podcast of that on repeat. That'll be a That's good whole one. thing. That'll be the whole thing. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I was. 
furiously writing down notes with our conversation and with Guillaume Doc. I he had some fantastic things to say. I'm glad that's what you were doing. I was a little worried. Hey, keep it, keep it PG, buddy. Come I on, that's where your mind went. I didn't say uh, that. All right. <laughs> well, you're doing uh, over there, Pinky, is your own business. Uh, you know, I it, it we weren't filming this right now. I'm throwing it on YouTube. I'd be I'd be making some gestures. Uh, I had some real takeaways here that I love the soundbite, the really really tight messaging stories engage narratives mobilize powerful that just that just that that hit me in the feels it was a good one yeah very very memorable very succinct so giving you a chance to to give some more i thought you were going you look like you had more to go so i didn't want to step on your toe no no i i i just wanted to i, I impact yeah <laughs> <laughs> that that right there just the, just the concept that we 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 all have stories but without without having the full framework and the systems and and really incorporating you know he talked about it the four different quadrants that you need to drive into a narrative you're not going to mobilize right and and a, a good story without mobilization is kind of just that it's a great story and on to the next you're not going to do anything with it definitely i was taking away I'm going to go way back to the beginning. We were just like when you mentioned uh, uh, Simon Sinek and, and finding your why and then his comment back of um, that's a very good one. But he also pulls a lot from that. And I think that's something we talk about a lot, how a lot of these messages do overlap. Right. There is going to be some some of those core things are there. Uh, and then I always give my little tidbit of if you're reading books, they're not gospels. They're only supposed to be parts that you take pieces away and then you integrate them in the best you can for yourself. Uh, but I think what he was saying is right on because a lot of the same messages that we deliver were very similar. Uh, so just kind of, again, putting that that same kind of connection in all the worlds, no matter no matter who you're listening to and who you're talking to, if they know what they're doing, they're going to give you that kind of value. And then it's up to you to kind of take it in and put it to work. And it mobilize. Yeah. And, and that's well said, right? Yeah. You know, take, take, take the good from a book that you can, but it is not, you know, you're likely not going to live your life by the words in one individual book. I hope, right. Better to be influenced by many. Uh, well, speaking of better to be influenced by many, we hope that we happen to be one of the influencers on your life and your actions and how you mobilize yourself. And one of the ways we can do that and help more people just like you. Well, you guessed it. Like, follow, subscribe. Give us that five-star review. We really are out there spreading the gospel. I got to use it this time, right? We're spreading the gospel about uh, all things business. Real talk with real professionals to help you master your time, sales, and confidence. So go out there, give us a like, subscribe, follow, five-star review if you haven't already, and thank you. And if you're watching on YouTube got to make sure you hit that notification bell so then you know every time a new episode is released it's easy for you and you won't just find us here in the lab on the podcast or on youtube you'll also find us at jb and the doctor on instagram on twitter in our private and free facebook community the entrepreneur mastery lab and many many other places am i missing anything doc 
Oh, there is our awesome website that has your oh, blogs yes. that you write right. every week. <laughs> I do write a blog every week. I, I felt a little emasculated because Guillaume's sitting here and uh, he's saying, hey, he writes a, a, a daily newsletter. And I'm, I'm on a weekly blog. Um, maybe emasculated it's not the right word. But um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, I, I need to step up my game a little bit or something. Uh, we also do have a newsletter that goes out twice a week. So that is, uh, also written by me. blog. (laughs) So I'm up there. I'm getting there. I'm I'm not quite seven days a week, but I'm working towards it. You can't want more of us. You can find us in the lab or on Instagram. We're on all those places. And you can catch me seven days a week. PT with JB every single morning at comfortably blog. That is very accurate. While we're plugging Psycho Rock with the Duck on Instagram as well. <laughs> when we're Instagram everywhere. works correctly. <laughs> All right, Doc. I enjoyed our conversation today, my friend. Have a great day. Everybody, JB out. Peace out, you. <laughs>